You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder. Hello, this is Nick Briggs, the voice of the Daleks, and you're listening to Transmissions from Gallifrey, and I urge you to listen, or you will be exterminated! Geronimo! For God's sake, Gallifrey stands! the places you're doing in here. I've redecorated. I don't like it. Couldn't I just manage with K9? K9 is a mere machine. He's a very sensitive machine. I'm the doctor. I'm a time lord. I'm from the planet Gallifrey, the constellation of Casterberus. I'm the doctor. These are my new best friends, Ryan, Graham and Yaz. Hey there, everybody. My name is JC Delatore. And I'm Rita Delatore. And this is episode seven of Transmissions from Gallifrey. And this week, we are talking... Kablam! Kablam! And with us always is Dr. Scott Vigay. Say hello, Scott. Hello, everyone. And it was definitely a very interesting episode this week. But before we go there, uh, let's talk about last week's episode. Uh, Scott, did you get a chance to rewatch the uh, Demons of Punjab? Yes, and I liked it just as much the second time through, but I didn't find any new insights or anything like that, but it definitely held up. It wasn't just a, wow, wasn't that cool. It actually was the second time around. Yep. We didn't get to to watch it again, did we? No, we did not get a chance to watch it again, but, you know, my thoughts on it still hold from last week. It was still a very powerful, very beautiful, very sad episode. Indeed. So uh, I, I haven't changed anything either. I still believe that it was worthy of the ranking that we gave it last week. And it, I think it's one of the stronger episodes of the series. So before we get started, let's always remind everybody that we do talk specific spoilers on this podcast. So if you have not watched episode seven of the Doctor Who series 11 called Kerblam, uh, you're about to be spoiled. So spoilers. <laughs> Rita, I'm going to start with you this week. Um, this is is what's going to happen when Amazon, you know, rules the world. Or Google. Or Google. Yes. No, but I'm I'm probably more Amazon. I'm, Google's a search engine. I'm talking about a shipping company. Yeah, but Amazon. But Google kind of owns everything, so you know, it's kind of the same concept where Kerblam is, uh, I guess, the company that controls basically the economy for that particular planet. <laughs> That's what it sounded like. Yeah, it's the, but it's the love child of Amazon and Google. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that 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 sounds uh mo- like it makes more sense. Would that be Glamazon? Glamazon, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but this is what's going to happen when everything becomes online, when uh, brick and mortar shops go away, and you introduce automation and creepy robots. Yeah, and the creepy robots were creepy, but. What was kind of interesting is that it didn't go exactly the way that I thought it was going to go, where the creepy robots are were going to be like the uh, 
uh, what was that uh, one? Matt Smith's second one. Was it Beneath the? Oh, um, the one with the star whale. Yeah, the one with the star whales. Yeah, the weird looking robot thingies turned out to be evil, but in this case, they were kind of evil, but it wasn't for the reasons we thought it was going to be. Yeah, in fact, they were being controlled by dun, 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 a terrorist. Yeah. Yeah, no social commentary there, right? No. <laughs> well, actually, I think this is uh, very much lifted from, um, you know, the, the present day papers when it comes to stuff like this. You know, uh, mm-hmm. McDonald's is uh, basically saying, OK, you're going to uh, you're going to have states like California that demand $15 minimum wage. Well, all right. Well, then we'll just put in an automated system. Yep. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, all those people don't have jobs. Yeah. Uh, so it's it I, it's and it's something that's happening even in states that don't require it because they finally decided, you know what, it's just simpler. And in fact, uh, Domino's has got this new thing now where you can order online and you can have it delivered by a self-driving car. You know, <laughs> they don't even need human drivers anymore to deliver your pizza. So wow. I, I thought I thought on that level. It was good social commentary, and I thought that it was very Black Mirror. Um, but I don't mm-hmm. think they went far enough if they were really going to go there. Uh, yeah. and they raised they raised some really great questions, like what, you know, mandatory ten percent human, uh, you know, human uh, employment. But what does the other ninety percent do? It, you know, what the heck do you do when the machines do everything? Yeah. It's, it's a good question. Well, well, think about it. Amazon is already on its way to that automation. Uh, in some locations, you can get your deliveries uh, by drone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, so I think that it was cool that they, they, they put it out. And you're right. It was controlled by a terrorist. But the human factor about, be, you know, what happens when progress replaces what you do and what does that mean for the human who uh, gets their self-worth from their job? You know, what does that look like? You know, you know what I mean? Uh, so I thought that those were all really cool things to have explored, but they just, you know, grazed the top of it. Yeah. And I guess there's only so much that you can uh, address in a 45-minute uh, episode and at the same time also try to, to make it Doctor Who, try to try to keep the sci-fi in it, yeah. as well as, you know, keeping it, keep it entertaining. I mean, you right. don't want a 45-minute episode on on basically robotics and how it's ruining the human condition, you know? Um, right. I do, um, I do have one confession to make, though. I knew it was a system. Yeah. I knew it the moment uh, they were discussing how the packing slips get printed. And when they said it was automated, that right there, from, from that moment on, I knew it was a system asking for help. It wasn't an actual person. Hmm. Good for you. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I I was kind of expecting it to be the you know the guy who turns out to be the bad guy you know that's where I thought they were going, uh, so yeah good on you that's great. Then they made that twist which was nice, uh, you know I I you know I I love uh, the fact that they made the packing uh, tension paper uh, the the, the Doctor <laughs> Who thing. bubble wrap uh, the bubble wrap. They made bubble wrap deadly, which is so Doctor Who, right? Yes, and, and of course everybody pops bubble wrap, so yes. of course, you know? of course. So it, they took a very mundane object, like I don't know, a shadow, a statue, right, and <laughs> yeah. and, and make it creepy. I mean, you know, that's uh, make it something to be feared. Uh, very classic Doctor Who in that regard. Yes, yeah, indeed. So l- l- now we get to add bubble wrap to the things we're going to be terrified of going yes, forward. Yes, exactly. What do you think of? <laughs> what do you guys think of the Fez showing up? 
Oh, I thought that was a nice nod. Yeah, it was a nice nod back to to the Mad Era, and uh, I did like the whole. Does it? Is it still me? You know, kind of. <laughs> right. This way, if the system was the one asking for help, and it was the system who sent the doctor that package, how did the system know the doctor? How did the system know to ask her for help? Well, it it didn't know to ask her. Yeah, it, it probably you know if if if, if it was Hafez that was being delivered, maybe it was Matt Smith's doctor that you know ordered it, and it's been on back order this entire time, or it's been taking this long to to catch up to the TARDIS, right? Because the delivery drone had to find some way of getting to the TARDIS. By the time it got to the modern day TARDIS, you know Jody's the doctor, so. Uh, you know, I, it, it's probably one of those things where, the, like you said, the, the, the machine knows of the doctor, maybe from a profile for, you know, because maybe the doctors made some prior purchases with the system. Uh, yeah, but I, I think I'm kind of with Rita on that where, uh, may, maybe because the, the system kind of knows the doctor's reputation, so to speak, that maybe it figured out that, okay, we know the doctor likes Fezzes because he's ordered it before. Right. So let's send him a <laughs> let's send him a fez, but also at the same time we'll also say help us. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't implied that the system was like randomly sending help me messages to a whole bunch of random people. Oh no no, it was totally targeted at the doctor. It was deliberate, right? Exactly. No, was, exactly. Yeah, yeah, totally. Totally. And, and I'm, I'm basically maybe I maybe I am not articulating well. I'm I'm agreeing with both of you. I think okay. that it was deliberate and that it's, you know, how did it know to get a hold of the doctor? Because of, like, a profile or prior use or some other reputation, like you guys said. Um, well, the doctor know. did know about Kerblam in the yes. past because as soon as the, the postman arrived, she's like, oh, it's a Kerblam, ma'am. So, <laughs> super geeky question. How did the Kerblam man get penetrate into the TARDIS? Because uh, isn't the TARDIS <laughs> supposed to be protected? Yes, until it's not. <laughs> until it's not. Until it's, until it's not a good part of the plot, right? Yes, um, exactly. Speaking of useless plot devices, uh, what's his name? Ryan. Ryan. Okay. Ryan's. Uh, Ryan's a useless plot device. Is that uh, what it, Ryan's <laughs> issue. Yeah. Oh, with, with his uh, yeah. Coordination. You know that yeah. wasn't that that wasn't an issue. You know, when he decided, oh, I'm going to go down the dispatch chute and then I'm going to go on to these massively speedy uh, conveyor belts that I'm going to jump from one to another. But, oh, but I have a coordination issue. Yeah, and, and does he have to tell us, like, every single time, you know, I have a coordination issue. Oh, yes, that's right. We forgot that, Ryan, from the 15 other <laughs> right. Now go jump <laughs> off a conveyor belt. Now do all these gymnastics that nobody <laughs> with that condition can possibly do. But right, right. Or, 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 or your yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm it's sorry. Bad. They're they're beating that uh, to death. Yep. And and, and then not not executing it properly. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, disability. They keep using that word. I don't think it means what they think it means. Exactly. Uh, I I don't really think he's disabled. If no. he keeps doing all these things yep. each, every episode, it's like okay. Because people that are inf inflicted by that that horrible problem it cannot do the things that he's been doing. No, so, not and 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 not just for bringing it up for bringing it up sake. Yeah, you know, yeah. You so know, it, 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 maybe he's cured. Yeah, and I, I don't think they bring it up every five minutes either, right? Yeah, yep. no. What, well, for me, what that is is that's poor writing because it means that as far as the writers are concerned, that's their. That's the, the character's overwhelming characteristic. 
Yeah. And and that and and they realize he's about to do something, so we should maybe put a lantern on it and, and it mm-hmm. say, you know, hey, he may stumble. But when yeah. it's but when it's a a uh, a handicap that's not really a handicap, then I don't want to hear about how you know they've made some value for checking a box. You, you know what right. I mean? Uh, that's you know that's virtue signaling and that's really useless. I mean, have him stumble for yeah. Pete's sake. Yep. And but but you know you're you're absolutely right. I mean, it is poor writing in that if if you're writing the character appropriately, you shouldn't have to put a lantern on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know. But you know, hey, it, but, you know, for, again, once again, I think Graham had a great episode. Heck, I, I you know, if Graham got separated from Team Tardis and had to find his way home. I think Graham could do it. I don't, you know, he seems to be able to meet people without having a problem. He's able to interact with them, think on his feet, be able mm-hmm. to solve problems. I mean, he's being more doctory than the doctor half the well, time. Well, well, Graham is is probably the best of them, I think, of, yeah. of, the, of the companions. So, I agree. Yeah, if, if we lost Yaz and, and Ryan, you know, sent them back home Graham. and just had Graham, I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah. I know, weird, right? I mean, it's just, but once again, you know, they, they created a, a situation where Graham is more of the problem solver, you know, and, and and all that sort of stuff. I am not entirely sure what exactly the Doctor did this episode, um, you know, other than know a few important bits of trivia, but it's, I don't know. I mean, it's just... Well, I mean, I mean, she, she did do a lot. I mean, she she was uh, the one that pretty much figured out the bubble wrap thing, and she yeah, was yeah. the one that that used her sonic to to teleport all over the place. And so oh, she was actually using her sonic a lot. This yeah, episode. she. I mean, this was a very sonic heavy episode. So. <laughs> she, she was definitely taking the lead on you know everything they were doing. Yeah, I yeah. I still have a problem with her. You'll have to answer to me. Because every time she says that, I'm thinking like, well, who the hell are you? <laughs> it's like, okay, was that supposed to be threatening? Yeah, was that supposed to be threatening? Because I'm thinking from the people's side, they're like, um, You're okay. just a subordinate, so we, who are you? Yeah, we don't really know who you are, so yeah. um, why should I mean, we be afraid? <laughs> yeah, no, no. good point about the, the bubble wrap and everything. I'm, I was just saying that it just seems like uh, a lot of things are happening to the Doctor rather than the Doctor... Uh, kind of being in front of it all. This is the first episode where that's a, a much more of a change. Uh, you know, starting with last week's episode where we noticed a, a slight course correction. And and yes, there is more of one in, in this one. It's just that it seems like the, the scenes with Graham, he seems more time lordy uh, in the way he interacts with things and, and, and people and how people relate back than uh, what's going on with the Doctor lately. And I don't know why that is exactly. Uh, in you know I um... um I I don't necessarily think I agree with that uh, I don't think Graham is doctorly I just think he's very sociable yeah and, and I'm kind of with Rita on that as well because I think that he just has that type of personality where he can get along with anybody it doesn't really matter yeah. Um, yeah. And, and while the doctor does have some of those social uh, abilities uh, it wasn't prevalent with Peter Capaldi's doctor, and no. <laughs> it's, not, it's not necessarily prevalent with uh, with Jody's doctor as of yet. Although she she is better at it, yeah. um, so I don't see that necessarily as a doctor trait. I just see it as a Graham trait, where he's uh, he can pretty much adapt to anything, which is a credit to his particular character. He, he can get people yeah. to trust him very easily and to open up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. W- which is what's important about his character, but. Uh, yeah, that that doesn't make him doctory in my eyes. He he's not going to be able to take, you know, full charge like the doctor does. 
Uh, I he's know. not going to have. And, and I haven't really seen him try to do that either. No, so no, he, has, he, no. he doesn't seem to have that person take charge yeah. personality. Oh no, he's no, no. Like, he doesn't. Ha he doesn't have that gene, and he hasn't tried. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just saying that the way they've written him, I wouldn't be surprised if he, push comes to shove, he's going to be given that situation and have to do it. And I think he will have no problem. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, but I agree with you that it's not necessarily a doctor trait. Uh, I, I think that it's interesting that we're in episode seven of ten. And the doctor's still trying to figure out what her catchphrase is or how she wants to respond to people. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, with the whole uh, bye, uh, later. Later. Oh, like no, not that one. <laughs> no, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first season's always the, the where the doctor's finding him or herself. So, uh, yeah. that's not a big surprise. Well, yeah, think about it. Even Capaldi's first season, he spent the whole season trying to find himself, you know, whether he was a good man God, or not. God, that was horrible. That was a, yes. But that was but, horrible. That was such yeah. a misstep. Yeah. That was, that was awful. I mean, you know, two episodes of Matt, and, you know, they, they were verifying that he was an old man in a young man's body. Don't you recognize the doctor? Two episodes per Matt. Yeah. You know, you know, so I I don't need the I don't need a season long age of discovery. Yeah, that uh, that and his catchphrase was the very first thing that he said as the doctor Geronimo. <laughs> <laughs> so I I guess uh, I guess also seeing the Fez uh, was a marked uh, contrast for me. Uh, you know, it was just weird. It had this kind of like oh that's right, it's something familiar. Oh, yeah. you, you know what I mean? And and to be honest, I prefer David Tennant over Matt Smith. But, you know, but now in comparison, you know, it's funny, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty, And, and uh, so who knows? I, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, I found it once again, that the writing for Graham was very, very strong. And, and I think that that's odd considering that he's a companion. Yeah. I think that they're just finding difficulty figuring out how to write for, for this particular doctor. And yeah. I, again, I don't think it has anything to, to do with her being a, a woman. I think it's more of just they haven't really grasped uh, Jody's version of the doctor yet. I, well, well, that and, you know, the fact that you have all new writers, you have a completely new showrunner. Yeah, people all, that have never written Doctor Who before, except for Chibnall, right? Yeah, they're all trying to get their bearings on this series. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, part of it, too, is, you know, you want to give the actor who is playing the part of the Doctor, the chance to put their stamp on it. So part of it is they're taking a lead from Jody as to what she's doing, and then eventually they'll be able to, to quality control and, and to know that. But when the, but when everybody is kind of learning it, you're going to get things like this. So, yeah, it's fair enough. Yeah, and that's kind of why uh, a season two for, for a Doctor is always much stronger than season one. Yes. And and one of the reasons why um, I, I wish that Chris Eccleston would have had an opportunity to have that second season, because it would have been interesting to see where they took Chris Eccleston's Doctor. Oh, totally, right? So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, but here we are. It's already episode seven. Yeah. That's weird, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's gone very quickly, and... Uh, I mean, I'll be honest with you, so far, the only two episodes that I think were, you know, 10, ten bell episodes that were, you know, among the best uh, that we've seen lately uh, is Rosa and and last week's episode, Demons of Punjab. Yeah. Because other, th other than that, uh, a lot of these episodes haven't really been memorable, including this one. Right. I agree. I mean, they've been fine. They've been yeah, okay. I mean, 
I mean, it was a fun adventure. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that I didn't enjoy this episode this week. It, it, just, it was more entertaining than the hospital yeah. ship one. Yeah, it, yes. it'll be it'll be one yes. that I'll watch again. I mean, yeah. I'd watch this episode again, but it's it, it just isn't one that's gonna be one that stands out for me. Agree. Yeah, I I, I think though that you'll see uh, the the kablam packaging. Uh, show up as cosplay stuff. <laughs> of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes, of course. With people holding out bubble wrap. Would you like yes. to touch my bubble wrap? Yes. Uh -huh. No, no. <laughs> yeah, and it's a very simple thing that you can make, right? So. <laughs> oh, totally. It's perfect. Yep. So I guess we can uh, go ahead and uh, decide to, to rate this thing. I'll go first this time. Um, I'm going to give it a six. You know, it was a fun episode. I thought... It was an interesting episode. It wasn't the best episode that I've ever seen, uh, but it wasn't the worst episode I've ever seen. It wasn't Kill the Moon or anything, but you know, <laughs> it was definitely uh, an entertaining episode, but I just didn't think it was a great episode overall. What, what about you, Rita? Um, I think I'll give it a seven. Uh, I, I, I agree with you on a lot of points. Um, I do like the overall message of the story about how our world is becoming too automated. And that's just going to mean less jobs for people. And that's something that we need to take stock in because technology is always evolving and it will continue to evolve. And if it's going to evolve to a point where people aren't needed anymore, well, what's the human race going to do then? That is the question. Uh, Scott, what is your rating for this particular episode? I give it a seven, uh, and I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. I think that it was fun. It was better than the the hospital conundrum episode, uh, but it wasn't spectacular. Uh, and it was it raised a lot of really cool points, a really good science fiction premise. Uh, Rita did a really good analysis of it. I, I think that you could come back to that topic and approach it in several different ways. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a, a really, really important topic. Um, and so I, I liked the idea that they tried to do it and, you know, had some fun with it. Yep. And before we get out of here, we do have to talk about some of the new Doctor Who news that's come out lately. Uh, namely, it's finally confirmed uh, we will not have a Christmas episode this year. We will have a Who Year's Day episode. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thoughts on not having a Christmas episode this year? I know we've covered it a couple times, but uh, uh, it's now official. Uh, well, I, I think it's okay. I mean, it's a tradition in my house, so I'm going to miss it. But if they want to move it to New Year's, eh, okay. Well, I mean, having the Doctor Who Christmas episode is a relatively new thing. That was never really part of the uh, uh, classic series. Right. And even Sherlock, for example... Uh, every year they always um, usually release a series about Christmas time. And the, that one year they did it on New Year's. Mm -hmm. So I, I really don't think it's that much of a difference. I mean, what, a week? It's it's not a big difference, but, you know, for me, I've gotten really used to watching Doctor Who as part of my Christmas routine, you know, yeah. where, where, you know, you open your presents, you spend time with the family, uh, eat your turkey. Eat, eat your turkey or whatever it is that your family's making. And then uh, you get ready to watch Doctor Who. And I think once once we get to that point where we normally would watch Doctor Who, uh, I'm going to miss it very much. 
Yeah, we can always just pop on an episode of a, 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 a previous Christmas episode. Yeah, and that's one of the interesting things is I guess uh, uh, BBC America has decided that it's going to do a marathon of Christmas episodes before New <laughs> Year's Day episode, which, which makes no sense to me. I, I mean, know. if you're not going to air a new episode, maybe the smart thing would have been to have a marathon on Christmas Day, maybe? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe we'll have to have our own marathon. I watch guess. a few of our favorites. Yeah, I guess. But uh but yeah, so so I found that kind of interesting that that's the the approach that BBC America is going to do. Um also some other big news revealed by Starburst magazine. Now, I'm not familiar with Starburst magazine, so I don't know how reliable they are, but as to the rumors that the Mirror and a few other uh, outlets have been saying where they were going to skip 2019 for a season for Doctor Who, apparently that's not the case. Uh, Starburst Magazine actually went out and talked to somebody from the BBC who said that that production is going as it normally does and that they're expecting another autumn release for, for Doctor Who next year. Um, Yay! Yeah, so <laughs> I'm thrilled by this news because I thought it was going to be a terrible, terrible decision to skip a year. And I just couldn't buy the nonsense that they were saying as the reason for why they would skip a year in that because Doctor Who's so expensive to make that they need to take more time with it. That's bullcrap. I'm sorry. Yeah, it really is. And on, on top of all that, I mean, you just want to I, I wish you could have like a debunking episode, right? Or an interview at the end, you know, at the right. uh, at the, at the end of, of the year edition of Doctor Who magazine. You know, where did these rumors come from and why the heck did they last so long right. uh you know the it, it it did seem to be really really crazy what is the one thing you want to do when you've got a show that's working put it on hiatus i mean it's a death right. knell. exactly it, <laughs> especially it, with it, ratings up now i mean yeah a lot of people are saying oh look you know the ratings have dropped with jody no they haven't actually they've gone they way up <laughs> they've gone way up she she had a huge debut one of the biggest debuts uh, of of the new era and, uh, you know, her ratings are where they were when uh, Matt had his last season. So, you know, it's been very, very strong. So what that means is it's kind of bounced back from the Peter Capaldi uh, slump is what it has. Yes, which exactly. is good. Which yeah. is good, you know. And, and, and so why would you follow that up with a gap year? Yes, it, exactly. It makes no sense. Now, a little bit more disturbing from the Starburst article was the rumor that they put forward about... Uh, Chris Chibnall being unhappy and that he may uh, leave after next season and uh, take Jody with him because Jody apparently only wants to be uh, the doctor as long as Chris Chibnall is uh, the showrunner. Yep, I did hear about that. Yeah, what do you think on that, Rita? Um, I I don't know. I think if that were true, then obviously maybe for Chibnall, Doctor Who is just not for him. Yep. You know, we've seen his other works. We've seen Broadchurch. He, he works very good with suspense and thriller, and maybe that's his cup of tea and not science fiction. Yeah, and, you know, there's there's a thing where you can you can love the show, but working for the show, you know, could make you uh, resent it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And maybe he just enjoys watching it instead of actually writing for it and being in control of the Doctor Who universe, and I can totally get that. Uh, there was uh, significant rumors before... Chibnall took the job that he didn't really want it, but BBC kind of, you know, forced it on him because of the success of Broadchurch. So if he's, if his heart's not really in it, then 
I think he would be making the right decision in in stepping aside. It would be a shame if Jody goes with him because uh, I've I've really enjoyed her doctor. I think that it, her doctor has a lot of room to grow, and I think her doctor has really connected with a lot of the kids. And given time, I think that her doctor could possibly be one of the more memorable and more fan favorite doctors out there. But if she's only got two years, I don't know if she can really make that sort of impact in a couple of years. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Oh, I, I agree with you both. Um, I, first off, I think it's way too early to tell. Uh, it just seems odd. I mean, a, a, a lot of it, um, I mean, why would you take on the job if you're just going to give up? Uh, that seems a little odd. Uh, however, uh, being the showrunner for Doctor Who is got to be one of the most stressful jobs that the BBC has, right? Yeah. Absolutely. It's got it's got to be a nightmare. I mean, and and quite honestly, fans can be brutal. And depending on how much of that scrutiny you can take, it, it is not great. And you know, well, I think, think of it this think of it this way: he has to deal with three knuckleheads talking about his show just like just shortly after it aired. So, right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, that's exactly uh. it. That's exactly it, right? There's no way he can please everybody. Yeah. I, 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 I like the, the idea that they went the American-style uh, writers' room approach, to, and, and I think that there have been some fantastic episodes that have come out of that. At least two for yeah. sure. Um, but I'll be honest, the Chris Chibnall episodes themselves, I've not been all that thrilled with. Yeah, the Chibnall yeah. episodes have been the weakest of the, of the season. <laughs> right? So I'm like... Which is, which is funny because during the Moffat era, Moffat's own episodes, the majority of them were always the strongest. Well, of the some seasons. of them were and some of them weren't, but I mean... Uh, on, on, on par, she's right, yeah. though. On, yeah. On par, she's right, so... But, but I think that with, with this one, it's kind of like, oh, okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I agree also that Jody shouldn't leave if he goes. I think that that's, a, that's something that kind of happened uh, with uh, where, where um, you know, Tennant decided not to, uh, not to stay uh, and mm -hmm. do one more season. And whether or not he regrets that now is a matter of debate. But I think that kind of. Set... I know the BB... I know the BBC regrets it. I, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think that sets a precedent for. Yeah. Uh, oh, you were uh, you were my doctor, so I when I leave, I take my toys with me. Yeah. Uh, that, and I I think that it would be great to see what she does under another showrunner because I agree with you, Jason. There's tons of room for development for her. They yeah. haven't really set anything solid, and what she's done has been fine. So it would be great to see what happens with this doctor, and I think that it what will end up happening is that things will gel, things will be stronger next season, and yep. then they'll have made the decision to leave um, because you and have to it, make the decision yeah. early, right? So yeah. you know, ugh. And, and that that would be heartbreaking because I mean, especially if she's just finding her stride, you know, right. like Capaldi found his stride in the second in his second season. You know, season nine was actually a, a very solid season for Doctor Who. I thought it was. Yeah, and Peter Davison says that, you know, he took the advice of Patrick Troughton and to leave after uh, three years, and uh, he had made that decision a year ahead of time, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but it was in his middle of his second of his third season that he really enjoyed being the Doctor, and by the time he decided, oh my god, what have I done? It was too late. They had cast Colin Baker, and they had already, yep. the wheels were in motion. So, yeah. you know... It could be something similar. I think she should definitely stay. I if if he goes, um, but I don't know if we'll be so fortunate. Yeah. 
All right, so next episode, it looks like we're going to be getting a witch episode, and I'm praying it's not Salem because we're doing Salem with Continuum Force, and that would really suck where we'd have to pretty much rewrite the whole thing (laughs) (laughs) because Doctor Who got there first. (laughs) But uh, it sure looks like a Salem-y kind of episode, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Well, when you think witches, um, I guess Salem, Oregon, maybe? I don't know. We can, we can only hope, right, Scott? Right. Uh, so selfishly, I'm hoping that it's not Salem. Maybe it's like the British witch trials or something. I don't know. What Didn't they have like their own version of it? Uh, not really, no. Um, a lot of that was Puritan. Uh, it had a lot to do with the Puritan uh, colonies and everything and, and mm-hmm. the hysteria that comes from all that. So while they did believe in witches in, in Europe, uh, the type of crucible type of environment that happened with the witch trials... Uh, it was a very uh, American thing. Hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, before we go, uh, we do want to give you this bit of information about transmissions from Atlantis Network. There's going to be a number of fantastic new things coming to the transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network, including some awesome fiction podcasts, amazing animated series, web series, feature films. But to do all of this, we really need your support. So if you can take a few moments, pop on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TFA Entertainment and take a look at what we're offering. You're going to have access to a ton of cool perks for being our Patreon, such as exclusive episodes, meet and greets and ask me anything sessions, also known as AMAs, with the creators of the shows, interviews with the actors and writers for our various programs, and so much more. Every Patreon we get helps us get closer to continuing the programs we have while debuting even more exciting works of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror. In addition, please help spread the word about this awesome program. If you have a listening party with three or more folks, let us know and we'll send you a greeting from the creators just for you and your friends or family. Keep up to date with the latest goings on via our Facebook groups, Transmissions from Atlantis, The Transmission is Received, and our website at transmissionsfromatlantis.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at TFA Entertain. Doctor Who fans, join our Facebook group for the latest Doctor Who news and our latest episode releases, and follow us on Twitter at TF Gallifrey. Got a question or comment? Interact with us at hosts at transmissionsfromatlantis.com. Finally, in whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast, be sure to rate our program. If you love the show, five stars. If you hate it, Five very sarcastic stars. All right, folks, so that's just about going to do it for this particular episode of Transmissions from Gallifrey, right? Right. Right. So, uh, Scott, say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> and Alonzi. Alonzi. See ya, folks. Alonzi. I should say Alonzi, Morocco. Alonzi. Look sharp, Rose Tyler. Alonzi. And then it would be really brilliant if I met someone called Alonzo, because then I could say Alonzi, Alonzo, every time. But for me, they drug on and on. We were loading up that Chevy, both trying not to cry. Mama kept on talking, putting off goodbye. Then she took my hand and said, Baby, don't forget. Before you hit the high. Stop again.
been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This is the Transmissions from Atlantis Entertainment Network. Expand your wonder.